0: Welcome to Inside the Economy with SHNJ, presented by Larry Howes of Sharky Howes, and Javer. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy from Sharky House and Javer. I'm uh, Larry Howes. To get started The companies in the S&P 500 paid $105 billion in dividends in the third quarter. It's a record dollar amount. That brings the total dollars paid in 2017, $390 billion. Big dollars. Goes everywhere. Goes to individuals, goes to institutions, goes to insurance companies, part of the economy. Uh, That's probably going to grow some more by the fourth quarter. I think a lot of that is profitability. And more important than that, it is a a very important piece of holding up the stock value in the S&P 500. If you can get 4% dividend out of a company and 2.3% out of a 10-year government treasury, there's a lot of people that will buy the stock, and I tend to agree with that. Now, what's happening in Europe is very similar. A lot of these large cap companies and mid cap companies Are paying big dividends two or three times what they get in a German Bund or a French Treasury and people are supporting stock prices and increasing their stock prices for the same reason dividends are good they're not a deduction to the company so it has an impact where corporate taxes go in the United States that will certainly be part of the discussion I think some of you are going to find your positions in the S&P 500 and other and mid-caps in the U.S. trimmed a little bit. We've talked about at great length that all of these stocks here are very richly priced. And some of that money is going to go into Europe. Same kind of deal, same basic security. Uh, very popular stocks that have a track that if there were to be some kind of correction or even a a minor adjustment 5% down something like that there's lots of money waiting on the wings to come in and buy uh, on the government side of things the government accounting standards board is putting out a new set of rules they're calling it suggestions that municipal and state city down to the county level all of these governments need to put the obligations they've made and promise to their employees lifetime health care, unfunded pension liabilities, as a line item on their financial statements. Now, I've spent years digging through footnotes in state and local governments trying to find these obligations. And they're in there. They don't not disclose them. They just bury them. Well, the new requirements are going to be they put them right out there as a lifeline. Right out there as a timeline so they will be a lot more in your face and starting in 2018 you're going to see a lot more municipal bond buyers legislators and regular citizens seeing the costs of these benefits for what they are it's part of the current budget debate it can't just go on forever very positive mood I think uh, my calculations put that about $600 billion in unfunded health care costs and probably a trillion in unfunded pension liabilities. Not the extreme cases like Illinois and New Jersey. This is just run-of-the-mill all over the place. You'll see it in the media, and you'll see it in some of the states that are going to come out and talk about having bond issues, raise some money. We'll talk about Denver here in a minute. So there's nothing exciting in the numbers. Uh, Unemployment's down to 4.2. That is something of a statistical anomaly. Not relevant. We're still 4.4, 4.5, and I think that'll adjust. And the normal amount of explosive increase in the unemployed isn't happening this time after two weather disasters. So the numbers are fine. Here is something I keep track of frequently. This is the financial stress indicator. It comes out of the Federal Reserve of St. Louis. This is not a precursor to where markets are going. This is more indicative of the stress in the system, the banking system. When you have liquidity problems like we had in 2008, and banks needing to be refunded because they were underfunded, trying to avoid a run on them, Uh, That puts a lot of stress in the system. If you look at this chart, you'll notice the stress has been in negative numbers for five years, and it's getting deeper. U.S. banks are well capitalized, probably the best capitalized banks on earth. They have lots of money. They get an interest payment from Treasury based on the assets they hold. A lot of deposits, a lot of cash. They are even getting back in the CD market because interest rates are going up. No stress in the system. Uh, those of you that own real estate in Denver, or are in the Denver-Boulder area. Denver's now popped up to the top of the real estate, the Case-Shiller home price, sort of beating out Dallas and Seattle for a while. We have a very hot real estate market. The rest of the markets are cooling, or have cooled. Vegas, Phoenix, Miami, all of those have been in negative numbers for quite some time. But even Seattle is cooling off. I think that's... Indicative of what's going on, where people are moving. It also brings, there again, if you live in Denver, the uh, local government's going to do a new bond issue. I'm sure you'll see the information when it comes up to a local election. It's about 1.2 billion. Infrastructure, bridges, library, Denver Health, uh, fire and safety, all all those infrastructure things that help keep a city vibrant. Come November, you're going to get an opportunity to see if you agree with Mayor Hancock whether they ought to do a bond issue. I'll tell you this, the bond market is going to be waiting in line to buy them. they will be big Denver general obligation bonds, meaning a general obligation bond says they can just tax you if they need to make payments on the bonds. With increases in value like this, Normal property taxes are going to go up as a normal course of business. So you'll hear that it won't cost you anything. Well, that's why. Your property taxes are going to go up just because the value of your house went up, and they're going to sell some bonds to move forward on some projects. It's uh, it's okay. Back to a little bit of inflation. Here are the latest retail pricing pressures. Appliances, electronics are way down, uh, sports and hobby, other general, that sort of stuff is way down, department stores are way down. What is up, gasoline, a little, health care, a little, and of course, especially around Denver and some of the more active cities, restaurants. As a rule, most of these retail pricing pressures have always had an impact on inflation. This is a negative impact. Part and parcel, because this is the rise of electronic shopping. The green line there is the percentage of people, the percentage of retail sales that are online. It's only up to 11%, but it's still almost $44 billion. And it's going to continue to grow. Where that has an impact, not only some convenience to a consumer and... uh, making it more automated, it does have an impact on jobs in the retail sector. They've been dropping, well, not precipitously, but they're dropping to the point where jobs in online retail, non-box store retail, are approaching a third of what total retail jobs are. That's not just department stores, that's gasoline stations, that's all kinds of direct retail-related businesses. The numbers are shifting the jobs are shifting the people that were in those jobs can do non-box store retailing too it's okay The uh, united states has normally run a very steep deficit meaning we buy more stuff overseas than we sell to them that is changing in a lot of places with the exception of china china still makes most of your clothes shoes assembles mostly electronics. But everywhere else, we've been selling a lot more important capital goods, fine manufactured stuff, software. This is not liquefied natural gas or other consumables. This is capital goods, very positive. It is indicative of the dollar softening a little bit. Uh, also, global competitiveness. Now, you hear a lot about the dollar coming down. And to some people, that's bad news. We've talked about this before. It really isn't. It's good news if you're an exporter. And this particular chart, everybody up there in gold, and that's a lot of currencies on Earth, those are the currencies that have done better than the dollar. They've appreciated against the dollar. And it's everybody. most important one there is the euro. Well, it has gone up, and the rest of these European and more prosperous emerging market economies have gone up. Because the likelihood of them starting to raise their interest rates is increasing all the time. The accommodation in Europe is going to have to stop pretty soon. By the middle of next year, they're going to have to quit buying their own assets, their own quantitative easing, and start letting the market raise rates. That helps the currency. It's just reacting in the marketplace right now. We've talked about how everything in the globe are all moving pretty much in the same direction. If you look at the green on this chart, most of the really important and large economies on Earth that's all of North America, including Mexico, China, India, Australia, in the green, Germany, Scandinavia are all doing well. They're moving forward, they're expanding. And a lot of other secondary economies, Brazil, Russia, Argentina, are making noises about being on the path to recovery. The globe is doing better. They're buying more stuff from each other. The situation's improving. Fundamentally, I think that's great. So, more international positions in your portfolio. We're gonna keep a lot of the domestic stuff, but given an opportunity how expensive everything is, we'll shave some of those positions. Well, thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. Learn more about Sharkeyhausen Javer at shwj.com. Thank you for listening.